It's Thursday, April 18th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're talking about the Mueller report. It's finally here, and no surprise, it's complicated. We'll talk about how Attorney General William Barr's spark notes on the call of obstruction of justice compares with the real thing, and what could happen next. Then, North Korea is getting all fired up and wants a new negotiating partner. And finally, Facebook messed up, again, with your contacts. We're here to make your Thursday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Third Love. Third Love designs smarter bras. And now, back to making your evening smarter. The most complicated question today is about the Mueller report. The report is out. The report is out. The report now, the report has been posted. The report has been posted publicly. The Mueller report, the redacted Mueller report, has now been made public. It has just been posted. That's special counsel Robert Mueller's 448-page report on the two-year investigation into what the hell Russia did ahead of the 2016 election and whether President Trump obstructed justice in the course of that investigation. Last month, Attorney General William Barr wrote a four-page SparkNotes version. He said the report concluded Russia tried to interfere in the 2016 election, but that the Trump campaign did not work with Russia to do this, a.k.a. no collusion. But it was the third thing Barr wrote in his summary that raised some eyebrows. That he and Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein looked everything over and determined that President Trump did not obstruct justice. He said that was his conclusion, not Mueller's. But he didn't give any details about why they decided that. So everybody's been waiting to read the full report, or at least as much as Barr left for public view, to see what was actually in there about obstruction of justice. That's what we're going to get into today. And also, what will happen with the report now? First, keep in mind, this report is 448 pages long, and people are still reading through and figuring out how all the pieces fit together. This is just the beginning. But some of the things in the report we knew about already. At a press conference this morning before the report was officially released, Barr repeated this a bunch of times. There was no evidence of the Trump campaign collusion with the Russian government's hacking. He'd said that before. What we learned new today, members of the Trump campaign expected they'd benefit from Russia's illegal actions to influence the election, but that it didn't appear the campaign took criminal steps to help. So we got a little more context. We also knew last month that the Department of Justice would redact things from the report, black out anything that was from grand juries or about ongoing investigations. That's normal. Barr confirmed today that the White House didn't ask for anything to be redacted. And he said a bipartisan group of top lawmakers will get to see a less redacted version of the report. That was in Barr's press conference. And then, about an hour and a half later, your feed started blowing up with updates on the Mueller report. And there are a bunch of quotables in there, probably enough for SNL to do a two-hour cold open. But the important thing people were looking for was what the report said about the president obstructing justice meaning whether he tried to hinder the investigation into Russia meddling in the 2016 election. So what did we find out about that? Today we learned how many cases Mueller was investigating where he thought there might have been obstruction of justice. Here's Barr. The report recounts 10 episodes involving the president and discusses potential legal theories for connecting those activities to the elements of an obstruction offense. This is like the director's cut of a series you watched a couple of years ago. We saw some of those episodes. 
Back in 2017, President Trump fired FBI Director James Comey just months after taking office. Trump said it was because of how Comey handled the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails in 2016. Mueller says, actually, the evidence shows that the reason Trump fired Comey was because Comey wouldn't publicly clear him in the FBI's investigation into Russia. This was before Mueller was called in as special counsel. So in essence, the White House's initial explanation for the firing was untrue. Mueller also looked into an instance in which the president tried to pressure his White House counsel, Don McGahn, to fire Mueller. Awkward. But here's the thing. It looks like Mueller found that anytime Trump tried to influence the course of the investigation, the people he tried to coerce didn't follow through. So whether all that adds up to charges of obstruction of justice, Mueller says he can't conclude that it does and can't conclude that it doesn't. He can't solve this giant Rubik's Cube. Barr says that means Mueller left it up to him because he's the nation's top cop. And he says no obstruction. And President Trump followed up on that with a Game of Thrones stylized tweet saying game over. But that's not what Mueller's report says. It says Congress has the authority to prohibit a president's corrupt use of his authority, meaning Congress could still investigate. And that's what most people think will happen next. Like we said, a group of bipartisan members of Congress will get to see a less redacted version of the report. The top Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee wants the whole unredacted thing. Congressman Jerry Nadler says he's going to subpoena the Justice Department for the full report and the underlying materials. Congress must get the full unredacted report along with the underlying evidence uncovered by Special Counsel Mueller. Congress requires this material in order to perform our constitutionally mandated responsibilities. Another thing that might be happening, Mueller investigation, the prequel. Attorney General Barr said last week that he's reviewing the FBI's initial investigation into the Trump campaign's ties with Russia, including whether agents improperly spied on the Trump campaign. So that could be coming up too. So what's the skim? Mueller did a lot in two years. He criminally charged 34 people and three companies and convicted big names in the president's circle, including his former campaign chair, Paul Manafort. One of the president's advisors, Roger Stone, still faces trial. We learned today that Mueller referred 14 cases to other jurisdictions for prosecution, including one we know about, the president's former personal lawyer, Michael Cohen. 12 of those referrals are still secret. One person we haven't heard from today, Robert Mueller himself. The heads of the House Judiciary and House Intelligence Committee have both formally invited him to testify before their committees by next month. Technically, Mueller still works for the AG, so he needs Barr's approval. Barr told reporters today he won't stand in the way. No obstruction there. Our newsletter, The Daily Skim, will have more hot takes on the Mueller report tomorrow morning. You can subscribe at theskim.com and get it right in your inbox. Third Love sells bras, but not just any bras. They use data points generated by millions of women to design bras with breast size and shape in mind. It's thanks to their Fit Finder quiz. Just answer a few simple questions and find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Third Love knows they've got a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering Skim This listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash skim this to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash skim this for 15% off today. North Korea announced earlier today that it successfully fired a new kind of tactical guided weapon. 
It was the first test like that in about six months. And people are considering it a not-so-subtle message to President Trump that North Korea isn't messing around when it comes to nuclear negotiations. Let's back up. Trump and North Korea's leader, Kim Jong-un, have had two face-to-face summits in the past year. The first went well. They shook hands and acted like friends. The second, not so much. Talks got tense, and they broke off the meeting early. Why that was is kind of a he-says-he-says. Trump said Kim wanted him to drop all sanctions, but all Kim was willing to do in return was get rid of North Korea's main nuclear weapons complex. Trump wanted them to promise to scrap their nuke program completely. We actually had papers ready to be signed, but it just wasn't appropriate. I want to do it right. I'd much rather do it right than do it fast. North Korea said afterwards they would have been willing to negotiate. But both sides said, keep in touch, keep talking, and keep to the rules. The U.S. won't take part in joint military exercises with South Korea. And North Korea won't conduct nuclear and missile tests. And North Korea stuck to that. Until yesterday. The test didn't appear to be a mid- or long-range ballistic missile. We don't know what it was for sure, but the test still has the potential to hurt those talks. So that was the first thing. But North Korea didn't stop there. They want Trump to replace U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo at the negotiating table. They say the failed talks are his fault. According to state media, the foreign ministry said Pompeo has a mean character and that he's talking nonsense when he says that working-level negotiations will be done by the end of this year. They say it's hurting Kim Jong-un's dignity. Ouch. But there is one person Kim doesn't seem to have beef with, old Cold War ally Russia. According to the Kremlin, Kim is planning to head to Moscow later this month for a rare meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Facebook is also in the doghouse, again. The company said last night that it uploaded the email contacts of 1.5 million new users over the last three years. They say it was unintentional, and they fixed the issue. Apparently, when a new user signed up for a Facebook account, a message popped up after they entered their email password. It said it was importing the user's contacts, but there was no way to opt out or cancel the process. The alert box didn't ask for permission first. Facebook says it didn't actually go into users' emails, but they did use the contact information to help with ad targeting and friend suggestions on the site. And who people have in their contact list can still be sensitive data. This is just the latest privacy breach from the social media giant. Last month, a glitch let Facebook employees see millions of user passwords. Last year, Facebook let the consulting firm Cambridge Analytica have millions of users' personal data. So Facebook's not having a super great day. But another tech giant is, that story's next. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Apple. The tech giant announced today that they're opening a new 9,000-square-foot material recovery lab in Texas to try and help out the environment. It's part of Apple's efforts to expand their recycling programs and cut down on e-waste. That's when you throw away your laptops, smartphones, and other tech. By 2016, the world produced over 40 million tons of e-waste. Soon, there will be more places where people can take their iPhones in, and they'll be sent to a recycling robot named Daisy. She can disassemble 200 iPhones in an hour, or about 1.2 million a year. And this announcement came just in time for Earth Day next week. Subtle. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to hit subscribe and rate or review us wherever you get your podcasts. 
For more Skim, you can sign up for our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, on our website. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 